0: Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Jean Nathan. It is uh, Crosstown Conversations and we are deep into the early recovery stages post-IDA and um, post is a funny word. It certainly isn't kind of post because the afterstorm is always in a way, not always, but often Uh, Worse than the actual storm. Um, I always call it storm one, two, and three. Storm one is before the storm, storm two is the storm, and storm three is is the afterwards. And and Derek Malik Wiley is with me. He's with the the Sierra Club, and he's one of my um, favorite experts to go to to understand the impact of what's going on. And one of the things that he has talked about, and we're going to talk about two things. One is oil spills and they're out there and we don't know enough about them and uh, there isn't enough monitoring going on and there isn't enough accountability all the things that are important in making sure that we're not killing all kinds of wonderful living creatures and then secondly I want to talk with him a little bit about birds as well because. All my birds seem to be gone, my cardinals and crows and night herons that usually roost out in front of my house. So I want to say, where are they? Where have they gone? When are they coming back? How did they weather the storm, etc. So, Derek, let's start with the oil spills. Um, What's going on? I I saw the article in The Advocate and uh, it was horrifying.
1: It is horrifying. They they estimate 2000 plus oil spills that have been reported but they haven't been out there to actually be on site at more than a hundred, so they're way behind on on getting details about where the spills are at, what's causing them, uh, and how to recover oil that's being spilled, or how they're gonna how are they gonna fix uh, spills? They did fix one pipeline that was spilling oil. Um, but that's one out of 2000. So we still have a big problem before us.
0: So um, it seems to fall into a category that I've put a lot of what's going on in the storm into. And that is institutional failure. By institutional failure, I'm talking about everything from the levees that were the real problem with um, Katrina. It, it, it wasn't other parts of the city, it was, it was the levees. Uh, that the core had not built properly. And I, from what I understand, congressional funding was a part of the problem there. Um, secondly, uh, this time around, uh, power. So uh, Entergy um, had, what, eight uh, transmission lines running through one tower, the tower goes down, next thing you know, there's the the city's black. I was going to go home Sunday night from a hotel because the hotel Power went down, but I actually had a generator working at my house. So, but I couldn't leave the uh, hotel. Every, nobody would let me leave because it was so dangerous outside. So, that was uh, that's the second example. And here we have the third example where people who are supposed to be dealing with all of those um, oil wells off our shores, which is a very important part of our environment, our income, um, our economic development, which maybe is calling for some changes, is how I feel about it. Um, so it's, 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 it's these constant institutional failures.
1: Yeah, and we <clears throat> constant institutional failures of the oil and gas industry not to maintain their infrastructure, not to understand that with coastal wetland loss, their pipes uh, need to be reburied. Uh, there needs to be a lot of work done on protecting their facilities like the refinery in Blackman's Parish that was flooded totally, the Phillips 66 refinery that then ensued uh, an oil spill, similar to what happened with Murphy Oil in uh, St. Bernard after Katrina. So all of these different spills out there. And one of the sad things is after Katrina, they documented o- almost 10 million gallons of oil spilled. To give that context, that's larger than the Exxon Valdez bill. And there's a process where the state and federal governments are supposed to see if there's any damage to the natural environment. And if there is, the companies need to pay for restoring the natural environment. They did that after BP. They charged BP millions of dollars, which in my view was not enough, but but after Katrina, they didn't do that. And the, the concern is, after Hurricane Ida, that they might not do it again. So that's one thing we're trying to get ahead of the ball and really push our state and federal agencies to identify where these spills are at and then collect fines, fees for the damages caused to the environment.
0: So that sounds like a pretty big job. Right. oh yeah it is is the state and the fed uh, is the state and are the feds up to that job do they have the capacity uh, let's start there and then talk about the will
1: right I, I think it's going to overwhelm the state pretty easily because the state has not uh, kept up with the budget to the office of uh, oil prevention and spills they do have staff but for this kind of thing, they need more staff. And I don't know if there's gonna be any kind of hiring or things like that. For the federal, it's the Coast Guard and then also uh, different parts of NOAA. So theoretically, they can bring in Coast Guard uh, um, personnel from other parts of the country. But you have to understand with Hurricane Ida, It it was all over the country. It's all the way up into the Northeast and New York. Has spills that they're dealing with. So um, I had my
0: sister calling me, Daryl, from City Island uh, when the, uh, she had tornado not watch but warnings with a blanket over her head in the closet, and and it, is, it was like the reverse of what normally she's calling to see how we're doing in hurricane, and, and here right. she was know, hey,
1: we're in bad shape up here. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I think, and that's part of that is. With the warmer climate that we're seeing, that means that the atmosphere takes up more moisture and has these intense rainstorms. Uh, You know, the rain and wind uh, of Hurricane Ida in New Orleans, I stayed at my house in, you know, six hours. The wind just bashing my house. Luckily, I had minimal damage. But uh, when that storm continued up, we had flooding in New York, New Jersey. Um, and I think that's gonna be happening more in the future. So Norm. what that means is we need to think about how are we going to harden our infrastructure for the oil, and gas industry and energy to make sure in the future we don't have these kind of problems.
0: Well, you said harden our, let's say petrochemical industry. Right. <clears throat> Um, but uh, at what point do we uh, see a diminution of dependence on it um, and, and ultimately an abandonment of it? And, and uh, are, is the state is the state thinking to, towards the future about this um, in terms of energy source? Or are we still lingering in the past? Because it's one thing to support an industry, while it's still viable and, it, and, it, and it's responsible for jobs and economy and tax revenues, all of the above, it's another thing to cling to something that's over. So you you watch how fast these tech industries, for example, move through one uh, app to another in order to keep up with change. Is our state keeping up with the needed change?
1: Um. I don't believe we are, you know, the governor has formed his uh, climate change task force. That's gonna have a report come out sometime uh, next year, early next year. But from what we've seen in the environmental community of that process, there are too many um, members on the task force representing the petrochemical industry that are stuck in the 19th century, not the 21st century that believe that we need to um, continue to work on this um, oil and gas economy. And it's gotta be a transition away from oil and gas into uh, a cleaner economy, a cleaner infrastructure Um, after Hurricane Katrina with so much damage that that was caused. One thing that I worked for, as you know, for a number of years in the Lower Ninth Ward, and we worked to try and figure out how to make the Lower Ninth Ward more sustainable. So uh, we really pushed the idea of, of solar power. And at one point, we we <clears> ten percent <throat> of the solar power uh, generated in New Orleans was from the Lower Ninth Ward, and you know so. That was a step then and we just needed to continue that. Energy has this idea. Well, most corporations have the idea that it's business as usual. We can continue the same old, same old. And as long as we're making profits, we're fine. But I think it's the new climate report that's come out uh, shows that we're not in the same old, same old. We need to make some real, Changes as the way we deal with oil, gas, energy. Um, If we would have put, you know, energy built this um, gas plant in New Orleans East, it was very controversial in 2018, where they hired all the actors to, you know, come and pack city council chambers. And what they've been doing with that, it, you know, in ensuing years before. Hurricane Ida was selling the energy on the open market and made about $7 million. That's all it goes. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so uh, I have not kept up with that story the way I should. Are you telling me that after they built that facility, instead of helping to supply um, energy here in New Orleans, they were selling it and
1: making money? They were. That's correct. Seven and plus it, million.
0: About seven plus million. So that's seven plus million. That maybe some of that could have been used, let's say, to have another tower where <laughs> instead of having all eight transmission lines going through one tower that collapsed in the river, they might have had a backup on another, or at least broken them up, and and so that they wouldn't have been flat on their backs with the rest of us.
1: Yeah, and, or you know, instead of giving the money to the shareholders they could have reinvested that into energy efficiency in the city of new orleans in you know giving credits to people to install solar panels and battery backup and you know we should have every school in the city of new orleans should have solar panels on it with battery backup as sort of centers where people can go and stay cool not only schools but rec centers other city buildings uh, to think about the future, and that's one thing that I think is going to come up before the city council when they do a review of how energy has dealt with this uh, catastrophe known as Hurricane Ida, that they really fell on their face. They didn't invest that money in keeping the system up, and and I think that our city council needs to have some hard questions for energy and really think about the possibility of um, buying energy back. Instead of having an energy company that's goal in life is to make profits for its shareholder. If we had a public owned utility, its goal in life would be make the system better for the citizens of New Orleans. Can I ask and you that, a
0: question? Where, where yeah. in America do we have public
1: owned utilities? Well, we used to have it right here in the city of New Orleans. NAPSE. NAPSE, yeah, New Orleans Public long Service. Long that was
0: in my lifetime.
1: Yep. So it was owned by the city of New Orleans. And there were a number of cities around the country that set up their own city utilities. That's why we have the city council regulating the energy in New Orleans. And, and so, I
0: don't recall that there was anything so terrible about NAPSE's service Maybe I was um, a little bit of a newbie at the time because I came here in 72, Um, but I I just don't remember, I don't remember as much scuttlebutt, let's put it that way, about Nopsy.
1: Yeah, um, it had its problems, but I think if we would have invested in Nopsy and had the money going, like I said, instead of going to shareholders, reinvesting into the city, rethinking about how we produce energy. Uh, like in the lower ninth, Ward, there's a number of houses that have solar panels and battery backup. Uh, I saw a story on WWL the other day, where a gentleman has solar panels and battery backup. And he's able to run an extension cord to his neighbor to help him uh, his oxygen machine operate. So you know, if we had those type of Solar panels and battery backups in neighborhoods all over the city. We wouldn't have had the extreme problems we had now. We wouldn't have had. Hopefully, we wouldn't have had as many heat-related deaths. Also,
0: yeah. You know, know, that's an interesting. I'd like to ask you about that because, as a homeowner um, with a a actually surprisingly large house for uh, our income class but we bought it in the 70s. So that was in intramay, it's a different time. Right. But um, my husband has always argued that we can't do solar because it, it's too late for us in terms of our lifespan to, 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 to do it in terms of the cost that we couldn't, um, that the cost in relation to the value that we would get from it, uh, it's too late.
1: Well, it, it's... That is a question, you know, on how, how do you value things? The thing is with solar, if you install it in your home and then you sell the home, a lot of folks look for solar on homes when they buy new homes. So that's an added value actually to your home's value, especially if it's got the battery backup system. So, and it's an individual action that can help with reducing our uh, dependency on large fossil fuel supplies. So that's like you know, buying us a battery-powered car or a hybrid car. It's another individual choice that is moving us toward this transition to smarter energy production that's more localized. And that's something that we call for after Hurricane Katrina that we would have more energy, you know, we looked at the idea of having a microgrid in the Lower Ninth Ward uh, on, you know, <clears throat> and it was technologically feasible, but we could never find anybody that wanted to put money into that. So, and the the uh, housing project that, uh, that has got the microgrid on it that survived Hurricane Ida and was able to keep power on for its residents. Those examples exist today and the technology is improving every day. So why aren't we, if New Orleans wants to be at the cutting edge of resiliency and sustainability, we need to really be pushing on the idea of making our own power. You know, uh, after Hurricane Ida and after Hurricane Katrina, the sun was out. We all know it was hot, hot, hot. So when the sun's out, that means your solar panels are working, so.
0: So actually that's, um, that answers a, a, another question that uh, has been on my mind. Um, and I think a lot of us are thinking about the fact that we're, we're, we're very concerned about trying to um, see New Orleans, which is definitely one of the most threatened environments in the world, Right. Um, but on the other hand, theoretically, we are, um, unfortunately, kind of storm by storm, uh, learning the lessons that we need to learn to, to become resilient. Uh, and then, you know, lessons learned in, in in resiliency to climate change right now has a humongous economic value. We should and could be um Um, making, literally making money, let's say, in the world by sharing what we do and learn here. But um, again, I go back to that question of capacity and will. Do we have the capacity in the state and do we have the will? And, you know, you were kind of talking before about the oil companies wanting to live in the past, but frankly, Darrell, it seems to me like they're almost more up on dealing with the future um, than um, our uh, uh, public officials and uh, 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 people uh, outside of the industry are. I mean, yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I hear about things that Shell is doing. And, and quite frankly, I can't go beyond Shell, but I know some of those uh, petrochemical companies are thinking about the next moves. I mean, if you're, if you're in the energy business and you're not thinking about new renewable forms of energy, you're gonna be out of business.
1: Right, and I think you're right there. I think some of the larger energy companies are thinking about the future and how they're gonna have to transition. The problem is I think in Louisiana, especially with our elected officials is, um, well, there was a bill introduced this last year to make uh, Louisiana a um, sanctuary state for oil and gas. So that yeah. they would not have to, you know, any federal law wouldn't apply to oil and gas in Louisiana. That type of, you know.
0: Well, that, that goes along with the same guys who think that yeah. somehow uh, not getting vaccinated is a. Um, right, right. Is, it's the same. Is, is wise in, in yeah. some way that I have yet to figure out.
1: Yep. Well, it also goes with the idea of, you know, with all these petrochemical industries we have we should have fence line monitoring to look at air pollution at every plant. Uh, For the past five years, uh, the Louisiana Green Army led by General Russell Honore and Sierra Club and others have been trying to get a bill through the legislative session to install air monitors at every petrochemical plant. For the last five years, it's not got out of committee you know, so that goes just, you know because they keep saying it's too expensive, it's too to this, to that. Well, what is the risk to people's health around the petrochemical plants? Yeah, what is I, that it, expense? It, 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 it,
0: it's not based on rational um, no. alternatives. It's based on political dogma and um, uh, and 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 um, really uh, 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 appealing to your base that is 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 just. Their ability to evaluate and understand is destroyed by all the misinformation that's going out there. But let me come back to that for just one second. Where is the IWO, the um, women's organization? Where is Louisiana together? Um, aren't they possible partners that, if, I mean, it sounds like you just need a slightly bigger partnership of people to right. press a little harder because these things can change. And right. Change I, th- takes I, th- I think.
1: Yeah, I think they're moving in that way. We've been working a lot with uh, Together Louisiana, doing educational forums uh, and working with them on quick response. You know, it, it all these things are interconnected and we need to work more with the women's community. One of the big issues at a number of petrochemical plants, I think there's 10 different plants make ethylene oxide, which is known to cause miscarriages. And so that's a direct, you know, possible impact on communities' health, women's health. So we need to, to broaden our base and get more people involved. I think we're gonna see that definitely when we come to dealing with energy, the blackout, both at the city council, but also the public service commission, you know, for how many folks, that are outside of New Orleans don't have power still, and that's energy, uh, big energy as opposed to New Orleans energy, so I think there's going to have to be accountability on the City Council about energy and also the Public Service Commission about energy. Well, and then we have.
0: Yeah. I agree. Uh, You know, um, about a week ago, more than a week ago, and everybody was talking about how it was going to take weeks to get power back. And I kept saying, you know, I, I made this prediction. This was before anybody put any schedule out because they weren't putting a schedule out for almost a week. I said, you know what, they're going to have power back by Wednesday, because if they don't, their monopoly franchise is at risk. Because I don't think the city, either council or mayor, is terribly happy with them. And you got some tough gals on there. You're talking yep. about Latoya Cantrell, you're talking about Helena Moreno, Kristen Palmer. These gals are not um, they're not pushovers. No, the they're definitely not. I would no. call them bulldogs on the other hand. And I said they're gonna they're gonna <sighs> go after them if they don't get the power up quick. Cause it was embarrassing for the city. It makes us look bad. Thank God I, 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 I don't wish what happened on New York and New Jersey on anybody, but at least it uh, you know you know the power Center of America you know had to deal with it too. So it, it isn't just us um, um, uh, um, hokey folks down here in, right. in Louisiana that were going through this. But um, accountability this is this is such a, a, a critical issue and I think that it is going to be a very interesting. Uh, thing after the storm. The key thing is momentum, of course, Daryl, as you know, we're all excited uh, right when it happens, but do we maintain, do we sustain the uh, pressure and hopefully that's going to happen. I want to switch gears and turn for a minute um, to the birds. Uh, This is something that I've been thinking about and worrying about and, you know, I I read uh, the the newspapers and watch a lot of cable news um, ad nauseum, frankly. And, and one of the things that I keep seeing in, let's say, the science section of the New York Times or other publications is that um, we're losing birds like crazy. We're just just, you know, we're going from millions of, of species to thousands of a species. What is going on? I need to understand this. I don't know what the hell I can do about it, but I just want to at least understand it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a number of factors are happening with the warmer climate, different habitats are shifting where, where plants used to grow, they're no longer growing, you know, they're moving, you know, so we have that. We have the deadly wildfires out in the West that are causing serious damage to both habitat uh, and to the birds and the uh, animal population and human population out there. We had this storm that blew through, uh, you know, it's 140 plus mile an hour wind. That's gonna knock you or me over easily. But what about a smaller bird? You know, they have to go to ground. They have to try and protect themselves some ways. So those birds, some of them went with the storm. So they were actually blown in front of the storm. Or um, so it's gonna take a while for them to get back, you know, after. Hurricane Katrina I drove back in.
0: You, there were no bird sounds. I there were no birds.
1: No, oh. Nothing. No, it's just were, quiet. Where,
0: but wait, how did they when did they go? Where did they go? How did they go and how did they get back and when did they come back?
1: Yeah, that's those are all good questions and I don't have good answers because we don't know um when they went, they probably went ahead of the storm because they were, you know, the the wind started blowing. I think that they wanted, but it takes them energy. So they they got blown someplace. Then they have to feed, they have to find food to build up uh, energy stocks to fly back. So as I mentioned, you know, I've got uh, an outdoor cat I feed and I've got a bunch of jays that are coming out and stealing his food. Because the cat's so fat and lazy. But uh I you know I have seen a couple cardinals, but I haven't seen the crows I haven't around
0: seen any cardinals or crows yet. And we had a whole um hatchery of night herons out in front of our house. None of them are back.
1: Yep. Yeah, so it's gonna take a while for the birds to get back. Um uh, and then they're dealing with uh, like I said, lack like of food, you know, the hummingbirds the hummingbirds eat off flowers. Well, so many of the flowers were blown off so that you didn't have, they don't have a food. So uh, a number of uh, Sierra Club members on the North Shore are getting uh, hummingbird feeders and putting them out. And I'm thinking about getting one to put up my house because I I was sitting out in the hot like everybody trying to stay cool. Uh, And I noticed that one uh, tree that I had that had flowers, there was a hummingbird there. I've never seen a hummingbird in my house. It was just because there was that tree there with flowers and he, was—he's she was so desperate, they needed food. So,
0: so I'm running out of time, but that, that actually brings me to my last question is, what can we do? Two things. What can we do to help the birds? Um, right. What you're telling me is maybe I need to be. We have bird feeders on our property, and maybe I need to be getting food into them right now.
1: Right. And
0: um, uh, I, I mean, I have some flowers. I'm I'm not a big flower garden because I have an overabundance of Chinese fan palms that I did not quite understand how prolific they are, <laughs> and they have right. pretty much <laughs> taken over my garden. So it's a shade yep. garden that doesn't uh, promote flowers. So. Um, I don't have the flowers that I I really should have, and I'll I'll work on that. But what what can we be doing, A, to bring the birds back, and B, what can we be doing to help you um, in the struggle to get accountability um, and try to um, move the needle for our state officials and, and our petrochemical industry leaders to understand the importance of dealing with our future economy as opposed to the past.
1: Yeah, well, you know, with the birds, I think if you can't put a bird feeder out now would be good. A hummingbird feeder uh, also. uh, And in the future, um, you can support the Sierra Club. You can join the Sierra Club by going (coughs) on the internet, just sierraclub.org and join. um, You join the national organization, you automatically become a member of the local group I'll send Gene some information that you can, we're having a program on Sunday about, you know, um, resiliency and moving forward on a number of things, uh, talking about how we can that
0: I'll I'll put the the newsletter, but I need that today, Daryl.
1: Okay. I'll put that in. Okay. So, um, and,
0: and then on on uh, getting uh, on moving our economy future of course uh, as you may know i'm dedicated to the principle that the creative industries is the economy of the future for us in this state that's right. uh, we're leaving that talent base like oil in the ground and uh, we have to go after that but um yep. wh- how do you feel like we're going to finally uh break through um Oh, I pressed the wrong button. I hope I'm not. Okay. Uh, How do you feel like we're going to finally break through with our um, state uh, leaders and and the industries?
1: I think, you know, the the climate report they're working on is going to be one thing, but we, the environmental community and a number of different groups are also going to put out a citizen's climate report. So that doesn't have the influence of the petrochemical industry. Okay, we'll have both of them side by side so you can sort of see. Okay. And the
0: timing on that that is next year? It's probably
1: January, February next year.
0: All right. Well, I look forward to that. You keep me informed uh, on the progress on that and if there are meetings that you're holding in the community uh, that you want to get people to make sure I know so I put it in our newsletter and on our radio show. Uh, I'm right there with you, um, uh, Derek, on this. I just uh, um, uh, Daryl, I really believe in what you're doing and uh, want to help. So uh, listen, I, I'm deeply appreciative of you taking time right now because I know that you probably have got other people calling you for the same um, input after the article that uh, the advocate ran. and um, I'm grateful to them for covering it also. So um, keep on, keep it on.
1: We'll do. Thank you very much, Gene.
0: Thank you, Daryl, for everything you do. All right. And I am here today with someone who's going to give us the dope on what's going on in our hospitality industry and how we're um, trying to come back. And I think that I know that New Orleans and company that Mark Romick works for, he's vice re- vice president, um, is going to um, get us back. So Mark, give me a little bit of a, you know, kind of a picture of um, where we are right now and, and what's going on. I mean, I know you all are working like crazy. I'm sure to get us all back and running.
2: Yeah, hey Gene, and thank you for having me uh, on with you. Uh, and first, you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers and much needed support has to go out to our neighbors who are suffering in so many different ways and harder than we are here in in the city of New Orleans proper. We've all been through this together. Uh, There are a lot of people in New Orleans that um, have suffered as well, Uh, but it's just the immensity of the hurricane and how much it has uh, devastated so many people. So having said that, obviously we all have a job to do, and that is to help bring our communities back in line and get people back working and, you know, get their livelihoods back underway. So at some point in time, when it's appropriate, we'll be messaging that uh, to get some of those dollars spent here, because uh, that's what we need for our economy to um, uh, to do what it's supposed to do for us as citizens, and that is to work and to get things done. So uh, it's a measured approach. Uh, we will be uh, utilizing, I think, music as a Opportunity for us to help support the venues and the clubs and get musicians back working, uh, along with uh, people coming in to uh, spend money in the restaurants and giving opportunities for people to get their jobs back there and also in the hotels and attractions. Um, so we're just about there. You know, we're, we every day it gets a little bit better. Today, um, you know, stamp this: ninety-eight uh, percent of the city of New Orleans had its power restored. They're still couple of pockets that still need a
0: schedule i I want to yes ahead of schedule i I gotta
2: give uh the mayor mayor give the mayor mayor the credit
0: job the council or the
2: council um for doing what they need to do to keep um keep the pressure there
0: yeah
2: uh same thing you know i uh, we're very fortunate that the levy system that was built after katrina did its job for us Uh, we didn't get the Type of destruction that we came uh, that came here after Katrina, and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that the levees are armored and uh, the water doesn't flow back into those outlet canals. So, you know, that's a little bit of the 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 good news. But the the hard news is that there's so much more that has to happen, and and we're committed to doing our job, and that is to um, compete with every other destination that's going through the same thing now with COVID, uh, and that is to get get the business back in so that we can get back to work.
0: That's what's really different about this storm in a way. And in past storms that we've had uh, in Louisiana, it was kind of Louisiana-centric, you might say. But uh, in this case, it, it rolled right through the Mid-South and then the, right up the East Coast. And as I joke, my mother, uh, my my sister rather, was uh, sitting in a closet with a blanket over it when she heard for the first time ever in New York, Tornado warning, which is something we hear here on occasion, but she doesn't up there. So yeah, competing against other places going through the same thing, just the news coverage. I mean, right now, the news coverage would be all about Louisiana, but it's it's really now spread out over the country, which is, it has its pluses and its minuses, at least it's not, uh, oh, that terrible Louisiana having their problems again it really people are beginning to realize whether it's fires in the west or flooding from rivers um, or storms moving up the east coast it's not just about us it really no, is No, yeah
2: us. it's it's uh it's our uh, mutual experience that we're all going through um COVID of course nationally and, and internationally uh Hurricane Ida from our coast all the way up to the northeast coast so um uh, but again, once you know we've been through these things before, um, New Orleans has that creative DNA. Uh, we have had to um, look at how we do things. A lot of things have changed. we've We've done things differently to adapt, uh, pivot, whatever you might want to say. And uh, that's the special nature, I think of our people.
0: Well, I think it's interesting uh, you started off saying that um, you're highlighting our music as a way of welcoming people uh, and and of course we always do music and food and architecture and arts that's um that's kind of our uh, the skin in our game so to speak but really um the way you said we're really working with music as our as our kind of uh, welcome mat uh, explain that to me just a little bit more because i think that's yeah. really interesting
2: so a, a coalition of clubs venues um artists have come together uh, under the uh, the brand Nola by Nola Um, In fact, we announced it on the Friday before Hurricane Ida came through uh, the coast. So uh, we got some really great organic uh, coverage out of that it was through earned media and social media, and then this storm hit, Uh, but we're going to use that as sort of an inspiring opportunity to bring uh, the musicians back together, get business into our venues and our neighborhoods, our clubs. Uh, You know, music is what New Orleans is all about. There are so many different subgenres of music that have come out of the city. And we wanna be able to uh, highlight those, uh, give musicians opportunities to make money and also give people an opportunity to enjoy this this element of our culture that just, you know, gives people something that they can all understand. You know, it, it crosses politics. It crosses all sorts of things. When you get into a club like Preservation Hall or Tippettiners or Howling Wolf, you know everyone's the same. You got that beat going, and we feel like that brings people together. So you can do it safely. Obviously, the clubs are following all the protocols that we're currently in. Um, you know, the, either vaccination or the the, the negative uh, PCR test uh, and mask wearing. Um, and music needs to be heard live, and that's what we want to do. So we'll be. Uh-huh. We'll be promoting that in october
0: you know i can't help or, uh, i can't resist noting an interview i once did with mick jagger when he was in town for one of his big concerts when i was at wdsu and um i, I asked him you know what was it about new orleans music that was so important to him because he was saying that he said well it's the beat <laughs> it's well the we beat.
2: agree we uh we shot a commercial back in 2019 gene at preservation hall that was going to be our marketing message for 2020 and 2021 uh it was shot on a very warm july night a night uh we had artists from from manny fresh to irma thomas to john baptiste uh to craig adams uh amanda shaw and it was just it, it was a compilation of all the types of music that you can find in new orleans um we were on top of each other people were sweating can you Send
0: me that can you send me that yes. I, I'm, my friend, I'm gonna put that in my newsletter go ahead
2: I, I will uh so we were ready to come out with it in march of 2020 and all of a sudden we had the lockdown so Bad we've held man. it back we still have the rights to it and so we hope to get that out as one of our many ways to to message new orleans as a place that people can come from all uh, backgrounds to enjoy this great music that we have
0: well and that's something we learned from katrina isn't it that um people uh were concerned about new orleans because everybody in the world cares about us they understand the role that we played in changing world culture with the beginning of the 20th century with jazz i mean jazz just it literally changed culture throughout the world yes so yes. then comes um, the storm that brings people in right and when people come in they they get to experience they came in to help and then they come in to help and the next thing you know they're they're saying Whoa, this is kind of cool. It's just like we always talk about how people come here for Jazz Fest and never leave. I know they're they, close. They find a place to live that's and
2: then they never come back. Um, it. Uh,
0: Gene, my it. mom's
2: here. I want to I want you to say hello to mom. She's
0: Hello Mom. She's, <laughs> hello there. How are you doing? I, I was saying before that one of the uh perks of this rather difficult time we've been through are the reunions and and people and families getting to spend time with each other. So I'm sure you have loved being here. Yeah, mom you.
2: evacuated here and uh, while she was waiting to get her power back. And so we've had the, the great joy of having well, mom I'm, with it's us. The
0: great joy of them taking care of me. I'm living like a queen. <laughs> I'm sure As you, you are, <laughs> I'm sure you are. Mom,
2: uh, mom's uh, my, my dad worked with Gene at WDSU for many years. You sure did.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Yeah, Gene. absolutely. Yeah. He was uh, one of the princes, oh, yeah. princes of media in town, and prince in general.
2: Yeah, and then Jean and I worked together at the World's Fair. Well, you so I'm on you. a blog with her, a live blog right now. So oh, so you're on TV.
0: Oh <laughs> God, I hope not, Jean.
2: Yes, yes, you you
0: <laughs> on Facebook by Friday at midday. Watch yeah. for right. <laughs> I don't remember. Nice seeing you again, Jean. Good to see you. <laughs> anyway. Oh, gosh, I love New Orleans because we're all related in one way yes. or another. Right? Yeah, so
2: I think, um, I think we'll, we'll have well, the we'll get, this, to... um,
0: we'll get this post-event uh, pull-in of people who rediscover New Orleans in new ways that they didn't know about before. And I really hope that happens for South Louisiana, too. That I hope so. Need
2: they need it so bad. And it's going to be a long haul, but we want to be there for them as they, they were always here for us. Um, KG,
0: the The Cajuns. That's what it's
2: like, the Cajun Navy and, you know, yeah. just the, the, peep, the, the spirit of, um, of, of life that, that you find in the Bayou country and along our coast is, is unmatchable, so.
0: And quite frankly, it's quite a relief from some of the adversarial politics we're having to deal with at the national level. It's, it's really a relief to, to have this um, happening. So, okay, so you have this um, NOLA by NOLA, um, but you mentioned another initiative that's coming up as well.
2: Uh, we have, you know, the NOLA by NOLA is important to us. Um, offline playlists will be something that, that will be featured. That's, that's our um, compilation of all those uh, musical styles, the subgenres. Um, and I'll, I'll share more information about NOLA by NOLA. But what happened is, you know, we were going to have Jazz Fest uh, from October 7th to about the 17th. And a lot of clubs had built schedules around the Jazz Fest, and they were going to be featuring their own music. Well, the the venues, uh, clubs approached us and said, we'd like to maintain that business if we can. How can we package a lot together? So that's really the essence of what NOLA by NOLA is. But we see this as an annual event. This is the first year and an ability for us to focus attention, particularly on our music. Uh, like we do with a lot of other uh, assets that we have. Well,
0: just like um, our uh, adaptation of Mardi Gras uh, last year when we couldn't have parades, next thing you know, every house was afloat and that's that's never going away. That's a tradition that's with us forever. So I'm sure Nola by Nola has that potential. You also mentioned holidays too.
2: Yeah, holidays New Orleans style is an annual opportunity to promote New Orleans between um, say Thanksgiving and uh, 12th night Uh, Because so many restaurants and so many hotels, uh, and there are so many other uh, special events, whether it's uh, choirs or or, uh, musical groups, um, you know, the lights themselves. New Orleans is a beautiful city uh, during the holidays. People uh, dress up. I like to do it Halloween. Halloween's another one of those special holidays. But we'll come back out with holidays in the world in style, and we'll have a special uh, website. Uh, Not to mention, you know.
0: a lot of people don't think of us as a as a green city, but those of us who live here know how green we are, and we're in bloom all winter long. And a lot of people don't think about it, but our Sanquis and our camellias, oh, so are blooming, right? And no. the Japanese magnolias and then the azaleas—we never stop blooming.
2: No, there's always something. Um, you, you mentioned this, the Sasanqua. We have two in front of our home, and um, are they blooming? They will be. They're not in yet.
0: About a week or two. Right? Yeah,
2: they should start. We should start seeing the, the the blooms come up. But but the good point there, there are so many outdoor uh, garden areas, uh, parks for people to enjoy. So right, exactly. Um, we've got we've got the you know we've got the the infrastructure to utilize to help message out New Orleans as it's great uh, it's great destination. Um, and by the way, Travel and Leisure just mentioned uh, New Orleans as one of the top 15 cities. We're number four. It just came out.
0: Right. I heard that we were. Um, uh, yeah, we top beat five. we beat
2: Nashville yeah. and New York. <laughs> uh,
0: well, that's not hard to do, really. <laughs> I'm about it. I'm not so, it. That's a, a, a lot of work program.
2: ahead of us. Um, you know, our restaurants are going to need our support, uh, both um, by the visitors, but also by us locals. As our culinary program over the summer, we promoted those special uh, deals in, uh, with the restaurants, but we, we're gonna need to come back out and, and push hard to get people to experience those restaurants, particularly the ones as the, the ones that are located in our neighborhoods. You know, you've got a concentration of hotel uh, restaurants in the downtown French Quarter warehouse district that really came up t- to support the visitor, though us locals go down there now and then to, to eat, but it's those restaurants and the mom and pop operations out in the neighborhoods that really need our support.
0: Yeah, I did get married in Galatoire.
2: Oh, that's a very (laughs) nice place to be married.
0: But we partied in our backyard, too. There you go. Yeah, no, it, it really is about parting throughout the city. And, and um, you know, I, I do uh, see, again, amorphously, a lot of uh, bands did start playing in neighborhoods. And I think working especially with the Neighborhood Association so we can find those locations mm-hmm. that don't impinge on residents' quality of life, which is doable. There's lots of spaces throughout the city. And if we can spread that music out and that dance we're um, my organization is working on a dance festival because even though we take dance for granted here and john baptiste video i'm sure you love that thing i love it. I, love it I love it right that he's been a good friend he
2: awesome. was um yeah as i mentioned earlier he was part of our our shoot yeah. at uh, for offline playlist at preservation hall he He's a good friend of the of the city. He's a native of the sure city is. and uh, yeah, he's a good he's man. He's a good
0: guy all around, he really is. And um, that, but that video I thought was better at, at at really presenting the city as we experiencing it and what we're all about than almost any I've ever seen. So um, would, all would, the color, yeah, the
2: color, and, and that is like neighborhoods coming alive, people sitting on stoops and and being part of the scene.
0: The name of it by the way, just for anybody who hasn't seen it is Freedom. Freedom John Baptiste. Just Google it. And I'm playing in the morning, literally, to get myself in a good mood for the day. (laughs) It's it's so uplifting, but.
2: That's great. I just don't don't have the moves that he has. I don't have the moves that he has.
0: Oh, (laughs) oh, Oh, Mark, I think. I think you do do fine. I've seen you on the dance floor. Yeah, I think you do just fine. That's something about New Orleans. Again, we all dance and we take it for granted, but it is an important part of our art that a lot of people don't realize out of here is different from anywhere else. I always say this, nobody, you can tell whether somebody's from New Orleans or not by watching them dance. And even if a band has all the right beats that a New Orleans band has, you can tell whether it's from New Orleans. Yeah, that's
2: true. Nobody can do
0: it quite the way it's done here. So yeah. I'm thrilled um, really with our future as I hear you are saying it. And um, and I don't want to sound too sanguine at a time when too many people are still suffering. There are even people in the city of New Orleans who still don't have power, yeah. but um, we've been here. I do hope also that we begin to take more advantage of being um, a kind of uh, a, a learning opportunity for other places because we really have learned how to do it. I know after Katrina, we were talking all over the world at forums explaining yeah. you know, what we went through and how we're going through it. And and more and more now, people are realizing with climate change that this is this is not unique to the Gulf Coast. This is on every coast, yeah. on every in every, every um the. Uh, floodplain and of course in the in the woods on the west coast um, we, we're going to have to really well to new orleanians to, like uh, to share that our state really does tackle it
2: yeah honestly. i've been very proud of our governor and how he's uh, managed this um uh, the, the many crises that we've had to go through it's, it's even approach focus i think um uh, i think we've been blessed to have him as well so yeah. even uh, uh, my sense field, is that uh, yeah we're we're positive about the future we're cautiously optimistic we we know we've got a challenge ahead of us but our job as an economic development group to help uh, bring bring activity into the community and have people you know leave their dollars here as opposed to go to another destination that's what we do we we build those messages and we you know we're selling all the time and that's that's our job and that's what we'll continue to do
0: as that guy in the commercial says that's what we do. <laughs>
2: That's what we do. do and we love it. Happen? We absolutely love it. Yeah.
0: Well, with the sounds of cleanup in Treme uh, behind me, uh, this is Jean Nathan for Crosstown Conversations on WBOK, what people are talking about. If you would like to help um, people in Louisiana, I think you really just need to go on Google and pick an agency that you uh, trust and um, try to uh, donate and help. Um, I think it'll be appreciated by folks here that are still needing help, especially in South Louisiana. So thank you very much for listening and um, we'll talk next week.